and welcome, bienvenue, willkommen to the Coffee Ramblings podcast with me, Eric Lampere, and my neuroscientist partner in crime, Jack de Havis. And, and sometimes we have a guest as well. So, um, so yeah, shut up and enjoy the show. It's about to start now. Ready? Ready? Now. No, but you've been in France, haven't you? Yeah, I've been in France, uh, doing my show to French people in French. French, yeah. French language stand-up. Yeah, uh, and they have no sense of uh, humour. <laughs> you can't say that. No, they do. You they... have to. You have to create some sort of long spiel about how the form of the joke is different, and it's taken a long time for you to adapt, and you have problems with improvising in French because although you've always claimed not could be a native speaker, you're not really a native speaker, and they all know you have a weird accent, yeah. and they all laugh at yeah. your accent yeah. every yeah. day, oui. and you'll never be accepted. And you've run away from... <laughs> oh, sorry, is this getting too fast? <laughs> it's getting really like, whoa. Um, no, uh, they do have a sense of humour, but they just don't like... They don't like it when a fourth wall is broken. Okay. They, love a, they love a fourth wall. They love masonry. They love it. Seriously, they really enjoy it. What, if you, what if you pretended that the wall was a prison run by the monarch and that right. you were the rabble no, tearing it down? No, they kill the monarch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, actually, I am surprised that we've not done this in the UK. Killed the monarch, monarchy. Not maybe not the monarchy, but why are we not just taking to the streets well, and, it was the... and killing the politicians? That Panama paper thing, mate, that has bothered me. <laughs> really, I was not. You read it. <laughs> Is that why you were up all night reading it? And you're just getting furious. No, I just read the the few Facebook posts that people put. Well, you probably got a firm grip on the main issues then, if you've read a couple of Facebook posts. Well, if I'm correct. David, David hasn't paid his taxes. Dave, Dave, please. That's dodgy, how re- dodgy, dodgy Dave. Prefer, how as, um, what was to. his name? Who said? Who called him Dodgy Dave in the House of Lords? Ah, uh, yeah, that guy. Either that way, old man. An legend. old man shouted at another old man, and some other old men sort of waved papers around. That's what they normally do, isn't it? And it feels like a South Park episode when, like, they say something. It's like rubber, 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 rubber. Yeah. Do they have their own language? Is it, is it, does it mean anything, like, the different like Sometimes noises? they say something, and then, like, a few politicians will stand up and then just go back down. I don't get it. No, it, it, yeah, it's like a weird initiation ritual or some sort of strange sort of game that people play at Oxford or Cambridge or something, isn't it? It's, like, weird. I don't get it. I don't get it, but I think we should kill them. Religious people are very lucky because they can build memories with, like, their friends and their families, and then when they die, they think that uh, they take those memories up on, like, uh, up in heaven and they can remember those memories. Oh, remember when we did that memory? And then they'll, oh, they'll love it. While me and you, uh, as atheists, uh, we build memories. No, I found religion. That's what I meant to say this oh, last shit. year. I've, uh, and I've uploaded... Is it Shingotism? I've... Shing- Shingotism? <laughs> What's that Japanese one? Shingles? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. Shinto- Shintoism. Shintoism, yeah. See, I know stuff, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you not... if you don't know, listeners, J- uh, Jack is obsessed with J- Japanese. No, because that makes me sound like one of those people that watches manga. And no, you are obsessed watches, with it. Mate. Watches manga. <laughs> I mean, oishi, anime. Oishi, you love it. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, done. I've had to go there for work. That's why. We'll get back to we'll get back to this. We'll get back the to point that. is no, I've not discussed. But Shintoism is sort of an animist tradition. They that's about. I mean, Isn't it that you choose whatever whatever you want your god to be, you 
you can use it, so it can be beer if you like, but as long as it makes you into a better person, right? Right, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, um, yeah, I don't know if you can... Diet Pepsi? The, the, the Shinto god of Diet Pepsi. Microwaves? Micro- yeah, I mean, you're listing objects now, so <laughs> we could go on like this for a while. But yeah, essentially, it's about, yeah, I think that's the idea. It's sort of about um, seeing seeing the uh, the godly in everyday objects what and would what would be your what would be your shinto it's not you don't pick a shinto but what would you it don't be? go to a temple and they give you a little card <laughs> where you tick off a box like what's your shinto for the day that's not how oh do you not choose one or do you just like see the god and everything it's about seeing I thought it, you it, could use like there was one that you like really no like. it's like a kind of thing like if you're brewing sake or something like you would make an offering to the the spirit of the the rice or something like that and there's a correct you'd have a right. correct way of you'd have a, a sort of a you try and find perfection in what you're doing and sort of um tradition you're kind of worshiping the act of, of oh, so what, what do things properly basically that's yeah. not religion japan <laughs> just do things is. properly it is do things properly yeah i'm reading a book about at the moment about how um in like in the early it's about japan in the early 90s and they they was it was saying that they the Japanese just love manuals. I mean, I guess we have it as well, like self-help books and kind of like how to do, but like... Oh, they... right, I see what you mean. Because when you said manuals, I was like, yeah, last time I bought a Super Nintendo, there was a manual with it. <laughs> it, but, is, it is, but it is kind of it. that. Yeah, no, it, because it's kind of like, whereas our self-help books would be like uh, trying to appeal to a populist audience and trying to make it kind of package it in and accessible, like you're not really learning, you're kind of reading almost like a novel sort of thing. They right. don't want to make it too... But the, over there, it's much more like literally like a manual. And so this, the guy, the author of this book was saying uh, like and at that time, the top five selling manuals were like, I can't remember, the number one, <laughs> the number one was like about how to argue with Korean people. <laughs> <laughs> South or North? Uh, that is a different manual. Well, yeah, you'd have to have a different one for... It, I think it was South Koreans at that time. Right. There's a there's a bit of bad blood between Korea and Japan because of the old the old war. And uh, Japan were not very nice to the Koreans. Are they? Oh. Yeah. They're quite methodical, aren't they, Japanese? It, like, they, they don't let emotion run their lives. Am I correct? <laughs> oh, you want to speak on behalf of the entire Japanese people? No, I'm, I'm actually asking you a question. But You're the Japanese but yeah, guy. But it's eh? fra- I'm not, not yet. Um, it's phrased as a as a mass, as a sweeping offensive generalization. So I think I'm gonna. I don't know. No, I mean, no. What I mean, it's it's more like a structure. They 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 will uh, do their lives based on like a structure. <laughs> do <but> their lives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gonna do a life. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So what are you, why are you trying to embarrass me? In front of me? But you see, I let my, I'm now letting my emotion. I'm getting angry at you because you tried to embarrass me. Well, yes. if I was Japanese, I'd be like, uh-huh, and then no. <laughs> okay, no, stopping you there. <laughs> that is not. That is. <laughs> the point is, yes. The 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 attitudes about how you express emotion in public are different to ours. Right. But then, but that, but ours have changed over the years as what well. What was my like, point? Like, well, we were talking about manuals. I was saying that the number one manual at that time, this was in the early 90s, was about how to argue with Korean people. The number two one was about... How do you argue with Korean people? I don't know. I think it was more like just telling them to shut the fuck up and stuff and like stop whinging. It Depends what they do, of... though. Like If a Korean man is in, like, is in your lawn... In your lawn. <laughs> right? <laughs> Under the grass. Yeah. Get out, get out of my lawn, Korea. Well, you've got to hit them over the head with a shovel. Right. Oh, no, that's moles, isn't it? Is that moles? Oh, that's yeah. moles. Okay. 
Um, no, I think it's because uh, a lot of them were over there working. I don't want to get do bogged down Koreans, in the whole Korean thing. Do North thing. Koreans travel outside of North Korea? <laughs> no. They're not allowed, right? Not really, no. They, that, if they leave North Korea, then it's classed as an escape rather than a, right. a jaunt. Because <laughs> every time I meet a Korean person, I'm like, North or South? And then they go, South. <laughs> well, no, because you, it's interesting. How many right? Korean friends do you have? I don't know. They're not my friends. No, well, not. I did not clear, say they were my friends. No, but clearly, <laughs> they were not after that opening. They're not going to be your friends after North or South. No, but like on the uh, uh, on the flight back from LA to London, uh, there was a, a lady from Korea sat next to me. And this is when I was learning Japanese, uh, and I had the book out and stuff. And uh, and then she was like, "Oh, you're learning Japanese." I was like, "Yeah." So I didn't. I, I totally practiced on her. And she was like, "Oh, really good." And I went, "Yeah, I'm really good." And she was like, "I'm not Japanese. I'm Korean." And then I asked, "North or South?" And south, it was, it, was the, it was south. Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously people that have like escaped over the border and and, and would. Still... There was like a boat that wasn't found in Japan, full of dead dead people, and they were thinking that maybe they escaped North Korea, but then they died of starvation and stuff. Uh, would they go to Japan? I guess maybe they would. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, um, no, but anyway, to get back. Anything's to the... better than Kim Jong Un, mate. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he's like as a leader. I've he not dis- heard good things. No, I think the consensus is uh, that he's as bad as his hair. I re- there was a thing, I can't remember where I read it, maybe I've talked about it on this podcast before, but like, I read some article about how the North Korean leaders deliberately feminised themselves, in a way. Right. Like, they kind of, not specifically the hair, although the hair does look a bit sort of like a grandma kind of haircut, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's something to do with, like, it's a sort of... Because they're, like, a religious figure, aren't they? The, the dear leader is, like... Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That they sort of... Um, it's sort of... It, in the language and in the culture, it's... The dear leader is sort of a mother figure. So they're almost, like... They want to have, like, a maternal relationship to the people kind of thing. And that's why they're kind of always fat as well. In case Kim Jong-un walks around North Korea and then he sees, like, a starving North Korean, he's like, oh, it's okay, come here. And does he let them suckle? That's what I was going to say. On his teeth. Well, they do. They have the... If you notice, like, his uniform, it always has, like, a sort of... Little patches. A little button, a button down around the the chest area. Yeah, yeah. That's actually just a little flap that you can flip up. Oh, great. Easily and just pop a... I wonder what male North Korean milk tastes like. Male North Korean milk? (laughs) I don't know, but it's you know, coming to a Marks and Spencer's near you anytime soon, right? So that was the, that be. was like the top Japanese manual. How to argue with the, the second one? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is ba- this is from this book, but uh, before sec- we go on to the second one, uh, what would be your Shinto, mate? What would <laughs> if you had to use a ch- if you had to use a Shinto? Uh, science is that what you're listening? Is that what you always say? No, it's too to big. Say? You got to choose like a thing that you're like, oh, I love that. And then you really respect it and you do a little shrine. You could use me if you want. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, um, Like, there was that guy in, in Germany who um, who has sex with his bike. Like, that bike would Not be... just Germany. There's loads of them around. They no, no, but it. there was that one that I know. Okay. Right? Who has sex with his bike. And uh, that would be a Shinto. He loves his bike. This is... <laughs> I really have to stop you saying that, that, that something is someone's Shinto. It's not how it works. <laughs> You're just going to turn up in Japan and go, oh, mate, what's your Shinto? Like, that's not an <laughs> no, acceptable is, conversation. You annoy me because uh, you say... You say <laughs> How long have we got? Like, this going to be long... Yeah. You say, I'm not allowed to do this, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, I see. Where are the rules? And also, you know what? One day, someone went, hey, Shintoism, right? And everyone was like, what? And then he just made it up. So why can't I make some stuff up? 
Words. Words are all made up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's let's go on the premise that you're my Shinto. Um, what Thank so- you. Right, so what... Um, what kind of shrine would you like built to you? What sort of offerings do you want to be? That's the thing you decide. Okay. See, as that's, far how, as I... that's how good a Shinto I am. <laughs> Top level Shinto. Leveling up your Shinto, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what would I offer you? That's a tricky one. I don't know. Um, what would you offer me, listeners? Tweet in. <laughs> You're still desperately... Have we, have we ever received a piece of correspondence of any form? <laughs> I don't even believe that this is going to go onto the internet, let alone no, this is all internet a, per, another person's ears other than us. No, people listen. Surprisingly, people listen. Okay. We have stuff to say. For example, number two, Japanese manual. Oh, it was about, it was a guide to oral sex. A guide to oral sex. Yeah. For men and women, that's why it was, uh, and I think the number four was like a, a, a guide for sex just for men or something. Right. So they're clearly the number two, like they got... Because, you know, it's for men and women. I think, well, I, I think that's quite considerate. It means that they're considerate lovers. I think they're just trying um, to maximise the p- number of people they can sell the book to. Right. Yeah. But, but the, I, uh, I, uh, I remember when I was young, um, my, um, not only was I terrible with women, but my penis just would not work. Right? It just would not want to work. Right. So um, I became very good in the language of love. Um <laughs> Oral just, sex is all you're saying. Right. Okay, I, uh, right. I, uh, I took out a couple of books from the library <laughs> and uh, I really read up. Like, I, the first time I put my fingers in a vagina, I knew exactly where the G-spot was. And what I, books did you... Do you remember the titles? Uh, <laughs> was this at Tintin the... Tintin and the Adventure. I can't remember which one, where he went, but... Um, no, I don't remember... Um, I don't... The idea of Tintin engaging in oral sex. It was Tintin an adult before I even go further with this... He's not, is he? He's a child. I don't understand if he's an adult or a child, really. Why is you, he hanging out you're, with, like, you're like Captain a, Haddock, then? You're like a French... They're French, right? No, he's Belgian. Belgian. Well, that's in... They're in French, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, yeah, but they're also in English. Right, well, okay, but you've read them. I haven't read them. So I've read them, yeah. I've read them. So, is he a boy or not? He's young. He's young? <laughs> he's young, he's, but... Th- what? I okay, he has I that one tuft of hair. What's going on downstairs? Is I, he prepubescent? No, I don't think he's prepubescent. Okay. And yes, I believe he's young, but I wouldn't think twice if he got with an older man. <laughs> I wouldn't... It would have bad eyelid. I wouldn't think, pedo. Oh, speaking well, of pedo, right? Um, I think my dad is one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gonna edit this at all, or...? No, 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 no. I actually <laughs> spoke to him. I asked him about that, right? Um... <laughs> I actually asked him. You can't say... what. Well, okay, right. Because... Let's um, have the humorous turnaround. He's not really a pedo. This is all a... Ah, uh, you say that. Te- I, technically, I would put my dad as a pedophile. Um, and here's why. Um, <laughs> because um, I always thought my mum uh, was pregnant at 16 and had right. me at 17. But I actually did the maths wrong this whole time. Uh, and um, She was my, actually seven. She, she was actually... Five. No. Um, she was actually 15 when she had me and had me at 16. Yeah. Um, 15, right? Right. And my, dad's tw- my dad was 22. Right. Seven years old. Like, seven years difference when you're an adult isn't that much of a problem. So when but, I asked you before whether this was a good thing to talk about on the podcast... No, no, I think it's fine because here's the loophole, right? <laughs> my mum, who was 15, was in a nightclub, okay? She was somewhere she shouldn't have been, okay? And... Was in, she wearing something she shouldn't have been wearing? As a well? school uniform, right? right? And no, but but also, he, my dad's a jockey. He looks twelve, 
True. Right? So they, I feel... Oh, well, yeah, no, fine, yeah. No, okay. but I think they sort of cancelled each other out, because... This is... So what you're saying is, paedophiles should dress as children, <laughs> and then they'll be fine. No, but my mum was in a place she shouldn't have been. <laughs> right? And so, like, well, how was my dad to know? Like, if he, if she's in the nightclub... Did he, so he got her pregnant, sort of, instantly... Oh, he's really good. Is he? Yeah, I don't, think he, need, I don't think he needs the manual. He's yeah. got like 17 kids or something. He's, <laughs> his dick is like spot on. Like, I, I actually said to him, I was like... Good dick in dad. <laughs> is that what you used? No, I, I, I had a Nando's with him a couple of months ago and I said to him, you need a... Vasectomy. Um, vasectomy. Because I'm sick of this. <laughs> you said that over a Nando's? Yeah. <laughs> it's really the only place to have these sort of conversations. Uh, did he finish his Nando's after that, or...? Yeah, we had a good one. And that, actually, at that Nando's was where I questioned him about his paedophilia. Because <laughs> I went, Mum was 15. And he went, yeah, but I didn't know. I went, you, you, you. Um, uh, pass the peri-peri. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> what? That was interesting, isn't it? I think your dad mm. should start procreating. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Well... My dad was similar uh, to that, in that he kept doing kids. But he... Gave himself a vasectomy with alcohol. About yeah, the age your dad of about was an four, alcoholic. About the age of about 45. I don't think he was capable of impregnating no, people he, after about then. Right, because if your dad was a paedophile, people would be like, oh, bad sort of paedophile because alcoholic and stuff. But my dad... Bad. <laughs> my dad was a good... Wait, 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 wait. What, he took so, care of us. So a, really sober, a calculating sober paedophile is infinitely preferable to a drunk paedophile, is what you're saying. Um, let's just say that my dad took care of us, Okay. <laughs> There was always chocolate milk in the fridge, and always, always. <laughs> right, because he, he packs of Harry Bow no. in the van. And let's say he was a paedophile once, right, with my right. mum. He yeah. stayed with her for ages. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really and also, not committing to the whole paedophile thing, because if there's one thing paedophiles are not, is uh, committed monogamists. I mean, because you've got what, like, you know. 10 years maximum. Yeah, they like flees around. And then as soon as they're legal, boring. Yeah, my dad stayed with her while she was legal. If my dad did my mum in America, right, he'd be like a three-year paedophile. Because the the age of consent is 18. He'd be a Polanski. Right? Uh, If he did it in the UK, one-year difference. Now, here's where my dad was clever. He did her her in France, um, where it's legal. The age of consent is 15. Okay. So, sick, but not bad. Interesting though, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's going to be courts around the country that are interested in this. No, because he didn't do anything, he didn't commit a crime. And you know what, actually, if if this does go to court, (laughs) uh, I would like to say he was a very good father and he never touched me. Not once. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my wife coming down the stairs there, just talking about how my dad's a pedo. Hmm. Age of consent's 15, though. Yeah, so it's fine. <laughs> you know, age of consent in America is technically 12. Depends on the states, though. Mm-hmm. Depends on the states. I still want to know what <clears throat> what the name of these books that you got out from Newmarket Library were about oral sex. I can't remember, but... Uh, did you read them in the library, or did you take them home? And... I took them out. I took oh, them home. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you bring your own sort of brown paper bag to take them from the library? No, I was not ashamed. I was not ashamed of... Uh, was he like, what would they have even had in the library? Do you, are you aware of this? The, your, your oh, she's aware, believe me. <laughs> um, well done. Thank you very much. Hey, come on, last night was good. 
sick. <laughs> <laughs> but to the listeners, was it good, yes or no? <laughs> Silence like speaks volumes. No, like yes or no? I feel like I'm barely obligated to respond <laughs> positively. Was it good, yes or no? Just say short and sweet, and then we can move on. It was actually quite good time as well. Not a bad timing. All thanks to the book. <laughs> sort of belligerent <laughs> sexual longer, questionnaire. Yeah, she's gone. You've she's driven gone. her away. You've driven her like you drive all the women away. Yes, but with a smile. I think it was the number three manual was um, something like uh, the right the right way to kill yourself. Like the Shinto the Shinto way to kill yourself, basically. Right. <laughs> I'm using um, your logic. <laughs> I've, you've, it's infected me now. It's, like, it's a good word though. Well, it's snappy Shinto. Boom. Yeah, way to completely reduce a religion to its most misleading element. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was about suicide, and the the, the guy was uh, was saying that because he was a reporter for the the main newspaper over right. there he got called he got a tip off to get called to this young kid's house right and he he would just the guy just showed him up to the room and he saw the guy this young kid lying naked on his bed right and he went over to kind of look at him and he was almost going to touch him and then the other the other guy that was with him was like Whoa, what what the, what the hell are you doing and then he saw on the back of the guy's had written a note and stuck it to his own bag right. which said you know, do not touch, danger of electrocution. And the guy was still connected with wires up to the main supply of his house. Right. And he'd been reading this book that had told him how to do it. But he'd stuck a note on his back saying, danger of electrocution, don't touch me. That's nice. Before he died. Yeah, it's very thoughtful, isn't it? Well, it is. Because he doesn't want to kill other people. He just wants to kill himself. In Japan, like, suicide's like a, like a proper thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's a proper thing everywhere. No, but what I mean is, it's, is it's, it more respected? Have... Uh, well, well, no, is, because right? there's no religious. There's no. There's, it's not like Christ, Like here, where we have Christianity, we have a sort of Judeo-Christian ethics, don't we? Which sort of still permeates the culture and tells people that killing yourself is a sin. Yeah, it's not a sin there, but no. it's not. You know, you're not. You're not thrilled if you're one of your nearest and dearest kills yourself. Sure, but um, but like the it's. Uh, it seems much more like they have like a, they the have whole a summarized code where you can just yeah sort of... yeah yeah, yeah. There, there was yeah the Harry Carey. There's that movie, The Forest. Uh, which is based on a real forest, based yeah, on a yeah. real thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where people just go to kill themselves. It's it's around Mount Fuji, the yeah, yeah surrounding. We should go. <laughs> but it has become like a weird tourist attraction now. That's the really weird, and there's like decomposing bodies and stuff there. So, oh. like, can we not go there? I mean, there's a lot of other things to do. <laughs> in Japan. Yeah, fine, Jesus. Sorry to be such a buzzkill, but you know I'm not that into corpses. No. No. No, I no, I don't think I am. But I've never been around one, so I don't know what I would do if I found one. You can just go. You should just volunteer at a hospital or something if you want to. No, no, the, the thrill of finding one. <laughs> right, like, I volunteer at a hospital. There's barely anybody working in them at the moment, particularly today. Oh, ouch! Take that, David. Um, Cameron. Yeah, I mean, just, just people. Are... Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Which David is he talking about? You need to, yes, it was satire. I need to be specific. <laughs> Uh, I didn't realise how French I was until I lived in France for a little bit. Like, I would buy a baguette and it would be half eaten by the time I got home. Right. I didn't realise I would just... I'd... Were you on a pond bicycle at the time? No, but French people just, they'll buy baguettes and it'll be half eaten. They eat it. Like, you don't do that with a... Is that like... English is... people don't just buy, like, a loaf of bread and it's half eaten by the time they get home. 
No, they roast beef, and by the time they get home, it's half eaten. It's not even been roasted yet, and they've stuffed it into their. I just eat the flesh. Well, that's what is that what you're saying? Like people are sort of they have to affirm their national identity on the on the way home. Is that what you're saying? I don't think they do it because yeah, I'm French. Well, that's like, what oh, it seemed oh, like oh, you were saying. No, 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 it's just it's just funny. Like it's a natural thing that like you go buy a baguette from the boulangerie, and it's half eaten by the time you get home. You just don't realize you're eating it. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like, okay, but so an English person would, are you saying that French people lack self-control? I'm, no, I'm just saying that that's like, it's a, that's a stereotype of France, like the old baguette, it's all right, but it's, it was in me. Yeah. I didn't realise, it was as if I was like a sleeper cell, right? And I arrived in France and then it's like just the French turned on. Activate and I, Frenchness. And, right. And I would, I would buy a baguette every day and eat it on the way home. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, where's this? Where did I learn this? I agree about, I agree that buying baguettes is a stereotype. But where I'm did struggling, I learn? What I'm struggling with is how does arriving home with less baguette make you more French? Where did I learn to do that? That's well, what eating. I'm saying. Eat, yeah. Eating the baguette on the way home. Yeah. Only French people do that. Okay. But well, how did I know to do that? But isn't it just because, um, you know, I think we should give this a, a good hour of analysis. Um, isn't it because in France you go to, there's more of a culture of going to like small shops rather than supermarkets. Right. So like you, your baguette is kind of, your, your baguette is sort of staring at you, like all in its sort of nice packaging, like in its brown bit of brown paper or whatever it is, as you walk from the boulangerie to... Uh, <laughs> I can't think of Boucherie? my GCSE French. I can't think of a, a single other French shop. Yeah, meat shop. Boucherie. The meat shop. Um, I don't know. It was actually more of a rhetorical question. I didn't want you to answer it. Okay, good. Um, Let me sort that out. Pass me that coconut. <laughs> pass me that coconut, Jack. What would you? <laughs> pass me the coconut. How do I make a sound effect of passing something? Well, just. If you, just use your, like, here you go. Like, you don't have to actually give me a thing. Use theatre. <laughs> Fucking hell. Just say, here is a coconut. Here, good sir. Take this coconut from my hand. Thank you. Uh, let me open it. Ooh, look at all that news. Oh, we're doing, okay, you're just repeating the same joke that you used to do a thousand times. Okay, yeah, cool. So this is Topical Island, is it? Is that where? Oh, I've yeah. missed you, Topical Island. Uh, we're on Topical Island and it's drifted a little bit by Japan because uh, because of the tectonic plates. Right, um, yes, Topical good. Island has actually moved quite near Japan, which actually, did you know that Australia's doing that? Australia's yeah. going to crash <clears> into Japan uh, 10 years, 10, 20 years? They've got a bit longer than that. A bit longer think, than that? Yeah. But Australia's going to crash into Japan. That's going to... That's. I mean, that's definitely like going to mess... Like a drunk driver? Yeah, which, of course, never happens. Never happens in Australia, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're on Topical Island, and everything's been radioactive, because... The... No, I'm going to stop you. No, no, I'm just... No, let me stop you there, okay. quickly. Um, everything's radioactive, because the radioactive stuff that's happening in Japan has drifted on Topical I... Island. I agree with you with the statement that everything is radioactive because we live on a radioactive planet. There's background radiation everywhere. Yeah, no, everyone knows that. But yeah, um, yeah, cool. okay. it's the five year it was the five year anniversary to uh the tsunami right, uh, correct. in Japan. Which yeah, two thousand eleven tsunami. Which yeah. was insane. And then what what exactly happened? Did Japan Lower, essentially, because it's technology like lower three meters or six meters? It wasn't just a massive wave, it was also the fact that Japan lowered. Right. Uh, I think the, sh- the the plate that was yeah that Japan is on 
uh, lowered, but I think the the three meters or whatever bit is referring to where it's touching the other the other tectonic plate. Right. I don't think the the country as a whole could be measurably said to be three meters. I don't I don't know, but I don't okay. think so. But either way, it lowered. I don't the... think that played a part in the um, in why the tsunami was so devastating. I think that was that was part of why it initially why it was so large when it was formed out at sea. Right. But then it's it's uh, yeah, it's to do with. The, the the devastation to do with where it hits on the coastline and what the kind right. of morphology of the coastline now is. Now, the reason that. we're talking about it is because you went. You went to Fukushima. I did, yes. I went to Fukushima uh, as part of some weird university trip there. What, what's that got to I do don't, with neuroscience? It's got absolutely nothing to do with neuroscience. So why did you get to go I, Somebody dropped out. And right. I, and I decided that I, I like Japan, so I'm going to go. And what was so, it like? Was it eerie? Uh, well, so there's like a twenty, there's like a twenty kilometer exclusion zone around the Fukushima Daiichi power plant, which is the one which had went into it meltdown. Had meltdown, meltdown, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so around that area, the twenty kilometers around there, um, it's it's been fully evacuated until recently. Like there's certain towns that are now on the edge of that twenty kilometer area that are starting to be uh, like they lifted the. Uh, the, the ban so people are allowed to return there if they want to but right. yeah it's it was so when we visited the power station we drove through that area and it is pretty weird to see things basically exactly how they were after the tsunami hit yeah but then obviously you know there's been five years of vegetation growth and stuff like that so it's pretty it's pretty crazy there wasn't there was that there was that image where it showed like all the radioactive like leak if you like and throughout the Pacific Ocean and like it would hit like it hit some of Australia and it would hit like the west coast of America and South America and stuff like that um, I think like part what's of the damage part of the uh, the whole point of this trip was to try and sort of spread the word out to the world that that's that, uh, that like most of the media coverage of it has been just nonsense basically so I think that specific image uh, that you're talking about I think there was a couple of them that came out that were just completely fabricated they're really? not even vaguely true but like with with um <clears throat> with a lot of those images what it's what they've done is that you know you measure that there's background radiation everywhere right and then uh there's obviously there is there has been radioactive material leaking into the sea from fukushima in the past right, yeah, of course yeah. over the past five years but then you know there's ocean currents obviously so depending on how you threshold your map bright red is going to be Danger. I mean, bright red is danger. Yeah, they always they always use those bright colours to show when something's really high. But what I mean is, just because something's bright red doesn't mean it's like dangerous to humans kind of level. So it's if you you choose how you want to display the data, right? Right. So it means that it's it's higher in that area than it is in the surroundings, but it doesn't mean that it's like. But also, I don't think we'll really know the damage until a few like even longer because it might not have damaged the current fish population but it'll damage like the offspring and the offspring's offspring and stuff right it might it might damage fish but if you but they've they so one of the places that we visited on the trip was like a marine monitoring station where they uh actually test all of the catches that the fishermen make for radiation in the sort of surrounding waters around fukushima they've found no evidence of mutations whatsoever yeah but what if what if they, they what found if, what if you were being lied to I saw I saw a tweet a QI tweet doesn't necessarily mean that it's real but it, QI is pretty trustworthy I feel uh, yeah. that said that was there's like about one thousand four hundred radioactive pigs. <laughs> what what do you what does so that in, mean around the Fukushima s- s- since then? 
like wild pigs or something. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let me well, let me quickly have a look while you just talk. <laughs> That's what. Do you, what do you want me to talk about? Uh, well, what did you do? Uh, we visited the power station. Right. What did you fix? I wasn't there to fix anything. I. Uh, you got a free trip to like a nuclear power plant. Yeah. You want to go? Well, yeah. I want to go. Well, you can't. Oh, okay. I, type, I googled 1,400 pigs. The first thing that came is David and Victoria Beckham spend £1,400 after finding the perfect designer pet, micro pigs. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's to teach children about um, sorrow and loss, isn't it? Micro pigs. Yeah. And there's also here, because uh, they, uh, they fourth story, the H1N1 virus. 1,400 pigs to be slaughtered in Norway. God, 1,400, it seems to be a special number. For what pigs? If, yeah, what if I found something here? <laughs> Keep digging. Keep okay. digging. No, no, but let's think about this, right? Pigs. 1,400. 1,400. They're not allowed to be eaten by Jews and Muslims. Um, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've got. But, Shit, um, man, we went in deep there. <laughs> we really... We, I, th- I felt like we were in the Da Vinci Code. Shit! 1,400 pigs perish in Sampson County farm fire in Brooklyn. Do you understand how Google works? <laughs> if you type in 1,400 <laughs> pigs, it will return you all of the stories involving 1,400 and the word pigs. That's how a search engine works. <laughs> if you type in 1,200 and pigs, okay, let me see you one. may be amazed let's, to find let's see. that things have let's happened see. involving other let's numbers see. of pigs. Let's see. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I you, the world's quite big. And there's, the internet's quite big as well now. So. Okay, well, maybe we were wrong. Oh, maybe 1,400 was a trick, right? Because now there's actually a lot more with 1,200. And if you um, add 200 to 1,200 pigs, what the hell do you get? I don't want to blow your. I don't want to blow your mind, but you get more pigs. So African swine flu discovered in Tartu County. One thousand two hundred pigs. One thousand two hundred pigs die in North Carolina farm fire. Stop saying numbers and the word pigs. (laughs) You're going mad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to ask me if I saw any radioactive pigs in Fukushima? Yeah. No, because you can't see radiation. Fine. And if uh, uh, if a radioactive pig was to bite you, what kind of superpowers would you get? <laughs> I don't like, like this, because you're a neuroscientist. You right. don't belong there. <laughs> you belong there as much as I belong there. Yeah. Why, wasn't I, why wasn't I asked? Because you didn't. I'm good at finding things, like the pig thing. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> and clearly you can be trusted to report the facts back to people soberly and without being distracted by pigs for 20 minutes. <laughs> We went to the power station. They took away all of our cameras. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because they didn't want us to take any pictures. A bit ironic, isn't it? Well, what, what do you mean? Well, you the think ja- they're trying the to hide Japanese something? Love oh, pictures. I see. <laughs> and there was a there was a is guy. There, is there the, like a is there like a culture thing? Because uh, because they invented all the cameras. Yeah. So they had. Is, so was that like a big thing for them to, to take pictures? Well, they had they had for for years. There was a thing was if you wanted to get good cameras, you had to go and visit Japan to get them. Like you, they were. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah. they were they were like all the. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't okay, know. Okay. You're, you're 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 surprised I didn't know, but I, did, I I knew that they were the leading expert in sort of technology at, at a certain point. Um, all technology. Well, I don't know. They were like pretty yeah, yeah. leading no, they were, a lot of things, right? Well, yeah, certain industries because in, like Germany, they after the Second World War they were forced to. 
you know, they could, they were like, legally not allowed to manufacture weapons or spend money on defense or anything like that. So they, they, they plowed all those funds into manufacturing. Oh, so that's why Japan sense. and Germany yeah. totally dominated like think industries like car production and stuff. Right. That's yeah. interesting. That's an interesting little thing that you taught me there, mate. Yeah. I hate to categorize, to put people in a box, right? Right. But to a certain extent, all stereotypes have an element of truth. <laughs> right, so I, I literally literally had like a massive argument about with my sister about this about two days ago because okay, well, she said exactly that same thing. Uh, personally, so I, 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 what, don't my, get me wrong. I still don't want to put. I don't. I don't like categorizing it. My right, point. But, my point with her because she made that statement. My point was only that not all stereotypes have some truth in them because some stereotypes no, are, them, no. are like yeah they're manufactured by like people in power to create a certain type of. Power structure or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree okay. with that. Yeah, right. but like uh, I was talking to uh, an American friend of mine who uh, on the West Coast was saying that all Asian people were bad drivers, right? <laughs> okay. and I was going, "That is outrageous." And I sort of spoke against it. I was like, "You can't say that." And you can't. just as you were doing that, Kim Jong Un backed into you. No, okay. but um, as bad. So I was talking about how you can't put people in boxes because it means that anytime you're in a car with like an Asian person, you'll then have that in your mind and you might treat them differently or whatever. Right. right. Genuinely, this happened. At that point, there was a car crash. Out of one car came out an Asian lady and out of the other car came out another Asian lady. And it annoyed oh me so God. much because I was trying to make this point to him to say... You can't categorise. And then there's... Yeah, that's sort of where science comes in and statistics. Right. I mean, because that's the whole point. Like, people yeah, but then constantly walk around thinking that their own perception has something can be generalised when it can't. Yeah, but you, you, you also can't use statistics. You can... You can well, I don't think so. Okay, I, here's why. Because I was talking uh, another, again in America. <laughs> no, here's... You, I don't think you can use statistics. Because... So, this guy, uh, I think, was a bit racist, right? And he was talking about black people and black community and stuff like that. And he was going, well, you look at statistics, they commit more crimes. And I was going, okay, if let's say that's true, right? You've got, you've got more ghettos, right? You've, yeah, no, 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 I totally, totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. you can't use statistics. I totally agree with you. You can't, you can't, no, no. You can use statistics to prove a point but you can't use statistics to prove the point that somebody else might be making about so so like you're saying about the the thing with with black people and and crime and stuff like that yeah obviously anybody that's kind of spent more than five minutes looking at the issue realizes that it's poverty that's the underlying right and and obviously historical causes and things like that yeah i agree with you but i'm just saying if you want to answer a question like um you know, are are Asians more likely to be involved in car accidents? You would use statistics to answer that question, but then that doesn't give you that doesn't prove that there's something inherently bad about driving in Asian people. All it proves to you is that in America there happens to be more accidents. But that's you know that's how you want to start answering that question if you really want if you want to answer that question. What was what were you say about oh, cameras? They do love cameras. Is that what you were saying? No, no, I didn't say they love cameras. But it's funny you say that because it's like it's just because uh, you, you know you watch Family Guy. Right? This is the thing. <laughs> I, you got British people are quite politically correct, which I think is a good thing, right? I I, I quite like the whole. They are correct. about they are about the things that they've been told to be politically correct about. They're not politically correct about because I think the thing about like Southeast Asians 
is that British people are still quite openly racist about them because they they have because it doesn't have the stigma attached to it that being racist about black people or Indian people or Pakistani people. Who's being racist to them? No, you just you just hear it like like for example describing a, a Chinese takeaway as a chinky. I think is who says that? People still say that. Well, they shouldn't. Right, that's my point. But, but I think it's more culturally acceptable than using other racial, racial epithets. No. Well, okay, compare it to the N-word or even the P-word, you will I'd hear it more. I'd still be like, uh, what? Right, no, obviously so would I, but I'm just saying, I think you hear but, it more often. But, okay, let's go back to the Japanese and them taking a lot of pictures, right? If you walk around London, and let's say that there's a group of tourists and stuff, and because I can, like, I've learned Japanese now, I can sort of hear them right mm-hmm. you will see them taking I, more pictures, I'm not disagreeing right? with that right, so, so to, what I'm saying is uh, yeah, yeah. where is that from the, the, I agree. yeah yeah well it's well, it, no it's because of the well, the whole French thing like you, I was saying like I went there and Jesus they all smoked like crazy they all eat baguettes on the way home from the baguettes shop baguettes on the way home right <laughs> cheese and wine is just all they do yeah, and I was like ejecting cheese, like, injecting cheese into their arms twenty four seven. No, but you know, like when I go to the restaurant, like in America and stuff, and I go, they know I'm French. Then when it's time to order the wine, they're like, "Oh, Eric, what should we have?" Right. I'm like, I don't fucking know yeah. because I'm French. They put me in that box. But then when I go to France, I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'm supposed to know about this." Yeah. No, it's. it's I mean, I can't. I, I don't. I wouldn't comment on whether. Like, I don't know the camera thing. I. I know that you know that for a long time. They, they were the leading producers of it, and they are definitely photography is definitely very popular there. And I am definitely not going to argue with this point after going on this Fukushima trip because we had to take so many group photos. I almost killed myself just from taking group photos. And in Japan, killing yourself uh, is a I, very. You, did you have the manual number three? I yes, I was. How would you kill that. yourself? Don't we talk about this pretty much every episode? <laughs> it feels like one of those topics that we Maybe always your mind. talk about. Oh, have I changed my mind? I don't... You're the one that likes to think about suicide. Love it. That's like your number three hobby. Uh, yeah, yes. I do really, really enjoy thinking about how... Apparently electrocution's not too bad. And really? the other one that they were talking about was... This reporter was talking about uh, he witnessed somebody that burned themselves to death. Right. Burning yourself to death is apparently not as bad as you might think. Oh, what, like the monk that... Uh, yeah. Where did he do that? It was... Uh, the, the monk that the uh, in China, was in China? Maybe. Yeah, it was protesting about... Vietnam War. Right, so it was probably in Vietnam, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, they... they, they yeah. Um, no, the, apparently the fire one is, is like... A, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a gamble, though. Like, if it pays off, it's a good way to go. As in, you lose consciousness pretty quickly. Right. But oh, the problem it's... is if you don't die, that it's the worst in terms of if you fuck it up. Because if you fuck it up, you're then in hospital and you you basically, your body goes rotten because your skin's been all burned off. That's right. what happens when you burn most of your skin off. You yeah. die from infection quite slowly. So Ugh. probably want to avoid that one. Jumping. I just thought, I would love to just jump from something really high. Yeah, but not like in a city or something like where someone has to find my mess. More like near a mountain. You know, there's like—is it in Venezuela that really beautiful sort of tabletop mountain? Yeah. What's it called? The one that just looks like pretty much ninety degree angle. Don't know. That that one. Oh, Angels Falls. Is it Angel Falls? No. Shit. I don't know. <laughs> that's um, what you. That's what you. That's what you think it's called. Now that you've decided to kill yourself. Oh. So I mean, it's quite a lot of admin involved in booking a holiday. You probably have to book yeah, some guides to take you through the jungle. But it's that, quite... that's fine. I think that sounds like what a, what a great way to die. 
right? You book yourself a long holiday, you go see some animals that you've never seen before, yeah. right? Then you just jump. Right. <laughs> and I think what's nice is that there's no cleaning up afterwards because the, the animals will just take care of it. The animals. You have a lot of faith in the animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, how long would it take to get my body to like be gone? All right, let's say I land, splat, right? Broken, blood everywhere, right? How, how long really would my body take to, like, to get... The, like, the animals would take some bits. <laughs> no, but some... The animals. Would... It's like the, the animals are filing wood or something. Like, no, okay, you got... the badger goes up with your head and the fox Badgers... takes away your little your pinky finger or something. Right. Yeah. Well, no, you know, like when a whale dies and it lands at the bottom of the sea, you've got all these crabs are just eating away at it and sharks and stuff. Like, within a couple of days, that whale is nothing. Yeah. I would not want to get cleaned up by some guy called Kenneth. You know, and he's like, oh, God, another one. But if I wasn't... Do you really think there's any cleaners in London called Kenneth? Okay. How long would you take to decompose? I think it depends on where you land. If you landed in a tree... It, you might slowly. <laughs> well, I really so say, po- I, re- I landed in a tree, I my really... skin would slowly fall off. Right. Right. So then, like, which would be s- hilarious. Some of the animals at the bottom could eat the stuff that falls off, while some of the animals in the trees. Please, could can, eat. can you throw? Can you kill yourself in a tree? Yeah, I could do that. That's the one way of doing it. I'd really. I think that would amuse me a lot. Yeah. To see, I just think I would look great. Like you know, you'd be sad when, <laughs> you'll be sad when I go. Right, I'd be sad, but my sadness will be mitigated by the image of you, like why a Christmas, you... like a Christmas fairy on top of a a pine tree. Wait, why are you in Venezuela with me? <laughs> to make sure the job was done, to get the job done. You're helping me out. Yeah, to you know. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. There's like those body farms, isn't there? Like how America. would you kill me? Yeah, no, in Tennessee, is it? Right. So they where they measure how long it takes people to decompose. Yeah, which I find I find fascinating. I'd love to go there. Yeah, I'd love to just see. Just smell. I think it's mostly smell that's the experience. No, but then you put little bits of white stuff under your nose. You know, in movies they put white stuff under your nose, like milk or something, and then like it doesn't smell anymore. You know, but you know, like, milk re- milk stops you smelling death. No, I don't know, but it's the white. They put some white stuff under under the nose. Yeah. Um, you know, like in Silence of the Lambs, they find a dead bo- dead body in a river. So they go to like pop a bit of white stuff under your nose. White stuff under your nose. And... Yeah, yeah. Do you not know that? I don't remember. The What's thing? the white stuff? Have you got indigestion? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Because you know I can't burp. Oh yeah, so your crippling I... affliction. Oh, so annoying. I can't burp. You should. Um... So I have to put my fingers down my throat to make myself sort of throw up gas. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is really quite sad. Yeah, have you spoken to Marvel about this? About the possibility of <laughs> some sort of collaboration? That wouldn't be a very good superpower, would it? Oh, it's like the it's like one of those it's like a character in a beat 'em up that no one wants to be, whose special move was like throwing up gas. Get ready for the, next, for the battle. next battle. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've learned nothing. I've learned some stuff. One thousand four hundred pigs. <laughs> there's loads of stuff. No, if there's one thing that you're going to take away from this episode, is that. <laughs> The number 1,400 and pigs is fucking arbitrary. There is no association between those two things. Yeah, well, I'll do more research on it. But, um... <laughs> oh, please, please keep me updated. I mean, if we could get some sort of shared Google document that we could get about this... <laughs> you great will look like such an idiot yeah. when I discover way loads of stuff. So, yes, yeah, so I, le- I learned that. Um, what did you learn? Fuck all, as usual. <laughs> what do you expect me to learn? 
Um, so our next podcast will be in a couple of years, probably. Yeah. It's a nice catch-up, though. Right, listeners, yeah. Listeners like it, I like it, you like it. Yeah. Um, before you go, uh, I am at the Edinburgh Festival uh, this year, 2016, with my show Alien of Extraordinary Ability. Uh, and it's free, so it's at 5.30. Come, just come and check it out. And I'm also doing a show called Comedian Cinema Club, where we improvise a movie in under an hour, uh, and some, some of the acts haven't seen the film, or they're drunk, or whatever. And in fact, we've got a podcast called the Comedian Cinema Club Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. So just listen to that. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs>